Hey guys, I'm Megan Smiley and this is The Escape Plan. For those of you who've followed the rules and worked really hard to climb the ladder, but you're looking around thinking, is this it? This is my life? I hear you. You want more. You want freedom, fulfillment, purpose but you don't see how that's gonna happen in the traditional work world. You're entrepreneurship curious, but it seems daunting, risky, and probably unrealistic. But in this podcast, I'm gonna help you see just how possible it is to build a business and by extension, the life that you'll genuinely love waking up to every morning. Welcome to this week's episode. My guest is Eureka Cole. Eureka built a thriving, very specialized law practice advising churches and other faith-based organizations. Uh, She started her own firm, which she ran for years, and ultimately then merged with uh, another firm and, you know, ran her practice as a partner there. Um... And unlike some of my other guests and myself, (laughs) Erika really loved the practice she built. She enjoyed the work. Um, And from the outside, sort of all the boxes of success were checked. But something started to tell Erika that this chapter was complete. Um, Although she still liked the work, there was sort of something about working at a firm that wasn't quite aligned for her anymore. And she was ready for a new challenge. She was ready for an even greater degree of freedom and flexibility than she had. So leveraging this specialization that she developed in sort of the community that she knew um, and the work that she enjoyed, she's now serving a similar audience as she had in her practice, but from a new angle. So she runs a conference for church leaders. She's the host of the Church Law Podcast and has launched a six-week course for burned-out pastors. I had the absolute pleasure of having Erika in a program I ran last summer, and seeing the leap that she's made in less than a year is really inspiring. Not at all surprising to me, as you'll hear in this episode, but really inspiring. So for anyone questioning whether you're too deep into practice to leave now or if there's really time for a second act, this episode is for you. I just, I love her story. It's, I think, will resonate with a lot of people and and can apply to a lot of people in that the people I talk to, you're so capable, so hardworking, so smart. All you need sometimes is a little nudge of support to give yourself permission to go for that next step. So if you're thinking, oh, that sounds like me, and you would like to explore what having a little more support in that process looks like, um, I'd love to chat. Sign up for a Catalyst call with me. The link is in the show notes, and um, we dive into where you are, where you'd like to be and do a little work on how to get you there. So I know that you will all really enjoy this episode with Erika. So on to it. Erika, welcome to the podcast. Megan, thanks so much for having me. I'm glad to be here. Oh my gosh. It's such a pleasure to have you joining. So 
I like to ask everyone um, from the start, sort of, what made you go to law school in the first place? I should totally be prepared for this question because I listen to your podcast. <laughs> and um, I like to say I was one of those strange kids, um, who knew very early on that I wanted to be a lawyer. So I was like in fifth or sixth grade. And, um, I remember our English teacher giving us this assignment and including sort of acting out, um, who we were, you know, being in character, mm -hmm. I guess. And, um, and yeah, and being a lawyer just, came to me and I, in fact, dressed the part and I felt like I had the personality and like the wherewithal to be a supporter for people. That's how I saw the role, at least of being an advocate and someone who, you know, kind of stand in the gap for people who might be having um, tough times or having to make tough choices. And I don't know how at 10, I thought I was equipped to do this, but um. <laughs> precocious. I'm not surprised. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and it's interesting because it's not as if I, you know, had a family full of lawyers. I, I was then and am now to my knowledge, the only attorney in, in my family, but um, it felt right to me at a young age. And I, didn't deter easily. I went straight from high school to college to law school and, um, and stayed focused all those years. Yeah. So what did your practice sort of evolve into looking like? It's interesting because my practice has by and large always looked the same. And I came to the bar in 1998 to give you some indication. Mm -hmm. Um, and I had the opportunity after law school to clerk for the chief judge of the highest court in our state. And a case came before the court that really captivated me. Um, it was a case that involved a local church and a national denomination. And as a person of faith, I was immediately, first of all, taken by the fact that churches ended up in court and I'm like no churches that I knew yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like had this even on their radar right um, so I asked the judge to assign the case to me which which he did and I got to do all the research and just found it such a interesting field um and you know the First Amendment being what it is, yeah. there wasn't a whole lot of um, requirements on the state level of what it meant to be um, be a church and so forth. But I just really took to it. And um, the rest, as they say, was history. I had a job opportunity with a boutique firm initially that um, further exposed me to this work. And even as a young associate, um, after a few years of being at that firm, all the cases that I was working on were cases that I bought into the firm. And at that wow. point I was like, uh, I think I can do this and have the checks made payable to me. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. So that's when you went out on your own. I did. I, um, after five years of being at that boutique firm, I started my own firm and grew that from just me to um, several attorneys. And um, toward the end, actually had a, 
a partner as well who took on a lot of the administrative um, roles. He was amazing. And I did that for 12 years. So operated that firm for a long time successfully. And sort of what was your experience of the practice of law, both sort of as an associate and then also running your own firm? Were you enjoying sort of the substance of what you were doing during that period? Actually, yes. Uh, First of all, I've really enjoyed the clients and I still do. The clients really made the experience what it was. And I I also am very collaborative in the way that I prefer to work. Mm -hmm. So working with great people and having great clients and making great money felt like, you know, a great victory. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So I enjoyed it. I, I really, I think the substance of the work was very interesting. It felt like it connected um, personal interest in a way that a lot of lawyers didn't seem to have. And yeah. so I felt felt and feel very grateful for that. Yeah, I think that's, that's sort of unique and, and impressive because I think a lot of people, you know, would love to find that overlap of their sort of personal interests and values with the legal work they do. But that is often quite elusive for people. <laughs> yeah. So... So you love what you're doing. You're running your own firm. What caused you to then make a shift? Great question. Um, I, the best way I can say it is I came to a place where uh, the running of the firm felt like it had taken over my, um, my, my, the business side. So running the business side of the firm became more exhausting um, that the practice, um, in and of itself, I did less of, and that's kind of the sign of success. I feel like is what people were telling me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like you, you move more to doing the business side as opposed to doing the work itself. And I thought, you know, I don't want to have to track and, you know, people's hours of, you know, when they, how much vacation leave you still have. And, you know, I just didn't want to be all in the weeds of what it means to run run a practice. Yeah. And that just became exhausting. At least that's what I thought at the time. I thought, you know, I think this is what's not working for me right now. Yeah. And um, amazingly, another opportunity came from a, a, a another attorney that I had known for many years and I wasn't expecting this at all, but my firm ended up merging, combining with a larger law firm. And I just thought this is the answer, right? Because Mm -hmm. I got to move my clients, me, um, other attorneys who were working with me, we came to the firm and the firm was very receptive. We bought this entirely new practice area, which, you know, you can't say very often, you know, a law firm takes, gets a new practice area. Right. And, um, and voila, I'm like, great. I don't have to run a firm anymore. I just get to be here, serve the clients I enjoy serving without a lot of um, the mental fatigue of firm operations. Yeah. You know, I, what I love about that too, is that there just 
there are different seasons of life and career. And, you know, at one season, you're like, I don't want to be working at a larger place. I want to do my own thing and own it all. And then after 12 years, you're like, been there, done that. Now it's the season of my life where I just want to do the work and not have to worry about all of that stuff. And all of that is okay. <laughs> Absolutely. I think that's a great way to say that. And and now, you know how retrospect is, right? You yep. know, in retrospect, I can see it really was my life and seasons. Because when I started my own firm, I was single, didn't have any kids, and I was willing and able to do the heavy lifting of building a firm from scratch. Um, and then after 12 years, you know, I married. I had two kids. I was, you know, my time was, I really needed to be able to focus my time differently. Mm -hmm. And, um, and so going to a larger firm with, you know, hundreds of attorneys, over 200 attorneys, um, I really had the bandwidth there to staff my work and to support my practice and to also spin off work that I didn't do. So I really could be that specialist. I mean, my field is kind of like that anyway, but it really allowed me to say, oh yeah, um, I have this uh, faith leader who, you know, um, we're working with their organization, but you know, he also needs an estate plan and that's Mm -hmm. right down the hall. Or, you know, they also have their own personal business and, and that's, you know, in this office. So it really allowed me to provide my clients with a broader spectrum of services as well. Yeah. Yeah. And so how long were you doing that? For five years. So actually, my last day at that firm was um, February 22nd of 2022. So yes. 2-22-22. <laughs> a date that had been placed in your intention for quite a while. Yes, yes. And um, one of the things that, you know, maybe we'll, we'll get to in this discussion yeah. is what it looks like to prepare for a significant, you know, move like this because I was an equity partner at this firm. Um, I, you know, which of course meant that, you know, I had developed a a very strong book of business and um, making a move, uh, you know, to leave that was, was a big choice, the right choice, but a big choice. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. A big choice. So Jumping back to the sort of how it even came up that you were ready to, you know, make a change in your career. You know, you had you had jumped from different contexts, but had essentially been doing the same work mm-hmm. and enjoying it. So I'm curious to hear sort of what your thought, you know, evolution was around um, what it is that you wanted to do and, and sort of how it evolved away from what you had been doing and enjoying. So in retrospect, I can see that the change was gradual, but the rumblings had been there. Yeah. Um, I remember that even before I made the shift from running my own firm to merging into this larger firm, I was questioning, like, do I want to continue in the practice? Um, is it the law or is it me? Yeah. 
<laughs> like yeah. what exactly is it, you know? And I really went back and forth. And then I, you know, concluded that it was really operating the business component that was fatiguing me. Right. But at the end of the day, it really was this feeling of inner fatigue. And I'm a, I'm an energetic person, an energetic personality, but mm-hmm. I was starting to feel that Sunday, what they say, those Sunday evening blues or yeah. whatever you want to say <laughs> Sunday about. scaries. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, yeah. what's that old commercial time to make the donuts? It's yes. like, okay, time to do this again. <laughs> right. And honestly, even though I was successful, it's like every successful month I had would be wiped out, right? And then when I logged into the program on the first of the following month, it would be at zero again for the month. Mm -hmm. And the same if I, you know, having a very successful year, gratefully, every year I was at the firm, my, you know, my numbers went up and up and up and up. Um, And so it's not as if I, I left because I, you know, wasn't doing well. In fact, each year I was, I was doing, you know, the numbers were increasingly positive. Um, so in theory that would have made me, you know, thrilled, but I, I just was feeling this inner fatigue and also an inner inkling that I, I wanted to shift. And, and I don't know that I can even give precise words to it now, but I knew it and it was confirmed for me in so many ways, um, and talking to the people around me. Yeah. So I remember asking the question of my best friend who I've known for, you know, almost 30 years, like, when have you seen me the happiest? And when, (laughs) when her answer wasn't like last week, it was like, you know, when you did this and it was, you know, it was like a decade prior. And I asked my husband the same question and he had a very similar response. And so I could see that, I was trudging through and, yeah. you know, and hitting a lot of the markers for success, right. but not really feeling the inner joy that I had before. And that honestly, I knew could happen again. Yeah. Yeah. It's sort of, it can be distracting in some ways when you have those markers of external success, right? Like, mm-hmm. you know, having your, your business grow every year and doing well. Um, it, you know, I think I commend you for even just having the thought process of, you know, somehow this is still not, this is not my ultimate success <laughs> because I'm not joyful. You know, it sounds like you were doing some sort of, intuitively doing some work on, you know, what are my values and am I living them? I think that's true. I think that's true. And it it also was a matter of something that you said earlier about seasons. My life was changing because that's what life does, right? So things were changing and I was, I think, still trying to do the same. Um, And not to mention, you know, when COVID hit and, um, obviously, um, churches are not considered essential. <laughs> yeah. So all of my clients were like shut down and I'm thinking, 
oh my gosh, like, what am I going to do? But I I happen to be extremely busy and pivoted and also have school-age kids. So my husband and I are working from home and everybody's got a laptop and trying to (laughs) Zoom and manage meetings. It was, I I look back, like, how in the world did we do that? So just all of the energy that it takes to pretend like life isn't changing so that we can make this one area be the same. I think that's so interesting because I do think that I don't I don't know if this is particular to lawyers or certain type of people, but I do think we resist change <laughs> as just sort of a fundamental um, approach, and it feels so strange. And so somehow we feel like we're like failing if we if we do change. And I think instead it's really just that you're evolving to your next level of success. Yes. Yes. And that, that is, that's very true. I think to why it took me, um, as long as it did to realize that change was what I needed, (laughs) um, because it did feel like, Erika, you've been on this path so long, like you established this path and this path has worked for you. And you know, what, what would you do if you didn't stay here and what would, probably to some degree, um, as, you know, fifth grade, as it sounds, I probably was thinking, what would people think, you know, to some degree? Yeah. Yeah. I was going to ask you that, like, you know, this is both an internal process and a, like, you know, you're asking your best friend and your husband sort of what do, you know, and those are the people that care about you most, but there's also the sort of secondary colleagues and all of that. Like, what are these people going to think? Absolutely. And, you know, Frankly, I'm not sure, as I've heard you reference, you know, those things go away because I I am open now, probably more open than ever to morphing into whatever the next right thing is. Um, I really like where I am now. Um, I'm grateful that I've made this shift. And I also am more secure than ever that this is probably how life is meant to be lived out, right? It's probably meant to be lived out in seasons. Um, you know, we don't, at least on the East coast, you know, we don't hold on to winter forever. You know, it eventually moves to spring and which eventually moves to summer. You know, there's something to be said for the seasons and the fact that, you know, we are as humans, um, we're not machines. We, we do evolve and change and our interests change things around us change. So I think I've just become, a little less um, nailed to the floor. <laughs> yeah, I totally get that. You know, I I remember when I left practice to go work at the law school and I just in my mind was like, all right, there, I've done it. I've switched to the correct career and I will never have to change anything. I, I mean, I don't know that I consciously thought that, but mm-hmm. once I realized I wasn't feeling like aligned, I was so deeply confused because I thought I had already sort of picked the thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is quite liberating when you allow yourself to move in seasons and not um, nail yourself to the ground just because you think that's what what you should do. <laughs> yes, yes. And it's interesting because, you know, I think many people around me would say, you know, you are the type person who will just go for the next thing that, you know, aligns or, or feels right. And I think that's generally true, but um, it, it's been like these 
small pivots in yeah. general. You know, yeah. I've, I've had the same practice area, you know, I've literally done the same, same practice area since the nineties. And that, that, that is wildly different, I think, than maybe, um, how, how others may operate. Yeah. You know, and evolving the context. Speaking mm-hmm. of which, so you're feeling like this is not quite it. How did you start thinking about what that next pivot would look like? Well, I, I, I started talking to my circle. I just got a, a fantastic circle of friends who, you know, as I mentioned, I've, I've known for um, three decades or so. And mm-hmm. there are other professional women. And it's like having my own personal think tank. So I started sharing like just my discomfort, the fact that I'm, I'm feeling something I want to, I want to better have a better sense of what it is and, and what I might do next. And, um, and so I also signed up <laughs> shameless plug for, <laughs> for coaching mm-hmm. and, um, I took your group coaching course and I want to say that was like last summer. Yeah. Last summer. So, Mm-hmm. summer of 2021. And that was so helpful to me because I was in the room with other, well, the virtual room, but you know, in the Zoom, Zoom right. room with other attorneys who were in a similar space of saying, you know, I've done this work to achieve, um, you know, my current outcomes and I want to do something different. And and that was just so refreshing. And the process of working, you know, with you through the course really helped me. I would say it, it really affirmed for me that I, I wanted to change and that I was committed because I think that's step one. Like yep. at some point you have to commit to the change. And I left that course committed to the change. And while I didn't have all the pieces of the puzzle together each week that I came back to the course, I felt like I got more clear on the fact that I was willing to change and the fact that I was willing to do the work to take the next steps. And so the course was was pivotal for me. Um, and so, again, I, I appreciate what you put out into the world. Oh, well, it was it was such a pleasure watching you evolve. And also it was very clear to me from the get go that you were making that decision that sort of you had given yourself permission to make this shift and no one can do that for anyone except for themselves. Right. Mm -hmm. And, um, it was just very powerful to see. I was like, eh, well, Rika's going to go out there. She's going to do it. <laughs> and you did so, but you had some ideas, you know, you came to the table sort of having had some things in the works and some ideas about where you would, would go. So sort of where did those come, come from and how did you lean into those ideas? You know, because it's, you know, you didn't take a baby step away from practice. You're really like, I'm not practicing, you know. Mm-hmm. So I, I feel like I, um, I got to the base, the baseline of what I felt was holding me back. Right. So even though in my mind I was ready to do this, yep. the things that 
I, I thought were, were holding me back. I sort of put into two categories, fear and finances. Yep. <laughs> and- <laughs> Both very powerful limitations at times, right? <laughs> yes. Uh, you know, so fear, I felt like the way that I would address that is to get more information. I felt like a part of the fear was just because it was the unknown. Like yeah. I, I didn't have a plan. So um, your course, um, reading um, the podcast, talking to others. I got a, a business coach yep. who has been amazing. So developing the right team around me just made all the difference in the world. And the yeah. same for finances. Um, I was able to get a, a great financial advisor and she and I met like every two weeks um, to really hash out this plan. And, yeah. um, and it was just good to get out of my head and get yeah. people on the team who could walk with me and see my blind spots. And, um, and again, you know, discussions with, you know, my, my husband and, deciding what's really important, doing the hard work to decide what do I really want this next season to look like. Yeah. And then, and then, you know, I, I felt more empowered to, um, dare I say, take the next call. <laughs> yes. So tell us a little bit about what this, you know, you, you, you got a business coach. And so what is this thing that you sort of decided was your next movement? So I actually created, um, my, my work is again, working, it's pretty niche. And so I created this brand, um, that I've, that I've had for, you know, over two decades and I don't know, is it okay if I say it? Yeah. Yeah, of course. Okay. So it's uh, known as the church attorney. And so this branding has been awesome for, purposes of, of growing, you know, my work. And so what I love is sharing the information. I just didn't want to do it in a way that required billable hours and me to track my life in six minute increments. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yep. So sense. I created sort of the church attorney ecosystem where I still do this work. Um, again, in sharing the knowledge that I have with people in a, in a community that I enjoy, um, but I've packaged it differently. So what that looks like is I have um, a podcast mm-hmm. that is called the Church Law Podcast. And so that has been incredible because I get to talk to amazing people again share very interesting information it's been super successful it's on a podcast network and so it gets distributed um well and again that's just been so fun to do yeah i also created an online course um and uh, call take the next call so that's why i mentioned that yeah uh, yeah fun play on words earlier but it which is a course to help burn out pastors because i was i was encountering that reality a lot yeah. um and i also i have a annual conference called the church compliance conference and so that is another um really great online platform and uh, I want to say at our last conference had about 1100 people or so attend so that that has been amazing um and I you know I'm continuing to develop 
and share content in ways that are aligned with my values. And again, don't feel like I'm using unnecessary (laughs) stressors um, in order to do so. I mean, it's, it's really interesting because I think one of the great lessons is you don't have to throw the baby out with the bathwater. Like if there are things about what you enjoy doing, you can incorporate those. But I think you've been really creative in how do you sort of serve this same audience, but with different services and services that allow you to be doing more of what you want to do, want more of sort of your zone of genius and more of the things that fit into the life that you want to be living right now. Yeah, totally agree. Yeah. Totally agree. And what are the like, sort of what is success and your sort of vision of how you want this stage of your life to look like? What is that for you now? And how is it different than it might have been, you know, 10 years ago? That's a great question. Um, At this stage, my vision of success is more living in alignment with my values, Mm -hmm. um, which freedom is a high value for me. Um, I don't know if listeners are into the Enneagram, but I'm I'm an Enneagram one. And Uh, um, (laughs) I'm a seven. So freedom is like way high on my priority list. Yeah, autonomy. Like autonomy yeah. is so important to yeah. me. And I think I remember saying to you in the in in the course, yeah. I almost I had to get out of my head and get out of my own way when it come came to autonomy. Because obviously, again, as a equity partner in a firm, nobody is, you know, nobody's gonna tell me I can't go to my kids' school right. play, right? So I'm thinking, wow, I, I already have so much autonomy. But I didn't realize that how boxed in I was still. Yeah. Even though I had some space within the box, it was still this artificial box. And I I have, you know, even though it's been all of 60 days, I'm already feeling just the relief yeah. of not yeah. living within that box. And just as a parenthetical, Megan, I didn't realize how how like if I, I don't want to use the word I know the word triggered is a bit overused probably but I, for lack of a better expression yeah. triggered I was just from the volume of emails I would get every day yeah. so when I my last day was on the 22nd and when I logged in on the 23rd like you know to just get online and do the work of you know my other entities that I've talked yeah. about and I still was getting my you know, former firm emails and there was volume. It like, I I was like, I can't handle it. It was unbelievable to me just how, when I no longer had to get that volume of emails, just how much my stress level, frankly, went down just from not having a hundred emails every day. Yeah. You know, I think we get, we work up our muscles and we get like competent at sort of existing in whatever our our environment is but it doesn't mean that it's not stressing us out and when you get that opportunity to take a breath and just kind of exhale you realize all those that weight that you were carrying with you totally totally 
Yeah, I, 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 that surprised me. I did not realize that. And, I, and I'm finding moments like that as I go along this journey that I don't think I was aware of how much of a mental load, um, you know, the experience of working at, you know, a, a larger firm and, and living a life based on billable hours. Um, yeah, yeah. I think I realized how much that was a weight. yeah. And I know you'd also sort of just talked about like the weight of not always just feeling like you have to sort of be the person who's a law firm partner and, you know, walking the walk. And sometimes you just feel like you, you have, you're not being fully your authentic self in that context. And that's exhausting too. Mm -hmm. Well, and it's, it's also the reality, if, if I may say of being an African-American female equity partner at a larger firm and and numerically, I think the ABA put something out that, I don't know, it's a fraction of 1% of, of attorneys. And to say that in 2022 is just, um, you know, heart rending and, and mind bending, but, um, but that that is that's a that's a a weight to that. Um, it just it, it's, it's very real. It's, it's very real, and I I don't know that anyone, um, you know that that is a focal point for law firms. I I think not. Just given the <laughs> all given evidence the, would indicate that. Well, <laughs> I mean, maybe so. like. I mean, I think whatever, I won't go on a total tirade against law firms. I think law firms pay a lot of lip service to things that they say they value or are concerned Mm -hmm. with, um, but don't, but there are some underlying structural problems that are not, you know, universally being, you know, addressed in a meaningful way. That's exactly what my experience has been, even, you know, in environments where I would say, again, I had a an overall positive experience as, you know, law firms go. And um, I would still, and and do in fact, um, refer um, clients that need the kind of help that my, my firm provides. I, I, I respect them a lot and have good relationships there. Yeah. I think there's just a certain reality of if you choose to work in, big law or biggish law or in the law firm environment period, there, there are certain things that go along with that. And I think it just takes every person to evaluate whether that works um, for them. And, uh, you know, if there's a point at which it, it doesn't. Yeah. Yeah. What I have found somewhat interesting in, in my work is that I, I guess I expected the people I worked with to all look like me when I was leaving the law, which was sort of like a fourth year associate, whatever. But I've worked with many more people like you who are partners at firms and making, you know, it feels like a much bigger jump to make. But I think there's something about sort of, you know, being a little bit older and having all this perspective and just kind of getting to a point in your life where you're like, I don't want to play this. I don't want to do this dance anymore. I just want to be me and I want to do something that feels aligned for me now. And there's a certain, um, I don't know, just a little, a bit of a sort of power in standing who you, in who you are that sort of comes with age. I don't know if that's been your experience. 
it, it absolutely has been. Um, and, and I think ultimately realizing that I'm talented with that, with or without a big firm name. Yeah. (laughs) I remember saying this to you at one point, you're like, I'm going to send out this email while I still have like the tag of my firm. So like they know I'm legitimate. And I remember being like, just question whether that is the sign of your legitimacy. (laughs) And and again, I mean, these crazy thoughts, Megan, like why that was, that was literally in my head, obviously. And come to find out like, you know, I talk to people now and they, you know, former clients and, you know, they're, they're just like, oh, I didn't even really know the name of the firm. I just right. knew you. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, exactly. And sort of, sort of owning that about, about yourself. And also, you know, looking back at all the things that you've accomplished, it's like, those are all your own, right? And there's every reason to believe that if you focus that energy on whatever you pick next, it's also going to be successful. Well, to that point, actually, um, and I think with your encouragement and also the encouragement of my business coach, I actually did launch um, a a couple of uh, my courses before, Um, you know, on my own time, I would, you know, I ran a course that was, you know, in the evening Mm -hmm. um, and it was, it was super successful. Like people registered and paid and came and, you know, (laughs) like, oh my gosh. Um, And I also um, did a masterclass uh, Mm -hmm. for attorneys uh, to train them to do the the kind of work that I do. Mm -hmm. And that was super successful. And, you know, lawyers are, or, you know, we, we sort of question everything. And so the fact that other lawyers showed up and paid their money and, and felt positive about the experience, I just, yeah. I, I, that was another point of great assurance. Yeah. I, you know, I, yeah. I built the thing, I put it out in, in the world and people responded positively and, and, and frankly, also just creating those other revenue streams, you know, spoke to, the, the fear and the finances part, you know, it, it yeah, absolutely. You can, you can build another stream of revenue and um, you know, I'm, I'm really proud that I've, I've done that. Yeah. I think it's also a great example of um, you don't sit in a room and just in your brain, come up with the confidence to do something that you haven't done before. You have to do it and build that confidence in the doing. <laughs> mm. And, you know, it's, it sounds like it was helpful for you to do that sort of on the side to, to give yourself to build a little bit of confidence before you went all in on it. It's true. It's true. And I also think that I needed to create some sort of planned schedule, if you will. Like I didn't mm-hmm. want to have my days, like I wake up and it's like, uh, nothing to do today. You know? Yeah. So, and, and unfortunately I've probably, you know, gone too far around having a full schedule because, because things have literally not slowed down. Yeah. Uh, so I do want to work on that part a little bit. Yeah. More. All of a sudden you have a problem you weren't anticipating, a good problem <laughs> to have, but, a, but it's an equal challenge to say, let me not build myself a new prison. Right. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And so, um, but, but I feel like, again, I've got the confidence having made these pivots to be able to adjust. Yeah. Um, Yeah. It's, it's, it's a lot of fun to see sort of, you know, 
where you were a year ago and where you are now, right? Like, you know, so much can change in a year. And that's also what, like, I wanted to have you on so people could sort of put themselves in that, those shoes of like, if you really commit and sort of decide you're doing something, how much can happen in in a year, let alone five years, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I just have to say, I, I'm so thankful for, um, you know, the, the, the course that you did was really what started me down the path of believing I could do it. Like, and, you know, I think most lawyers are feel generally confident. I'm, you know, obviously I have no data for sure, but I think that in order to do the hard things that get you to the practice of law, um, that builds a certain level of confidence. Um, but, Every change, you know, every significant change, I think, requires a level of confidence for that particular change and, yeah. you know, the theme of this conversation for that particular season. Yeah. And um, and to have made the decision, once you make the decision, you will find the pieces to make your puzzle work. Yep. I totally, totally believe that. <laughs> so probably should wrap up soon, but I'd love... Like if, if you were, and you are talking to people who are sort of, you know, a few steps behind and, and having that voice speak to them of uh, something isn't working and I'm trying to figure out what it is, but I'm scared. Is there sort of like some initial piece of, you know, advice you would pass along? It's a great question. I think maybe the first thing I would say is don't ignore what you know is true. So if you're having that inner nudge that's telling you, you know, it's time to move on, that you're not feeling the level of peacefulness or joy that you felt in your current circumstance. And I don't want to, dare I say, over-Americanize like happiness, right? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But what I mean is like that internal knowing of, you know, what you what you're doing now is not working for you. I think, I think that's the first thing. Just acknowledge that. Like you don't have to figure out the how you don't have to figure out the when, but I think just documenting what that is. Like, so for me, I just sort of wrote down, like, what about this isn't working for me? Yeah. Yeah. And, and then I just allowed myself to be real about it. And, and, and a part of that was talking to the people around me. So I think maybe just being in a space um, again, whether that's your family and friends or whether that is via a book or a podcast or a webinar or whatever that looks like, a space where you can say, I'm kind of thinking about doing something different, right? And then yeah, just leaning yeah. into that. Yeah. Um, and then I think building the pieces around you that support that change. Um, because every household is different. Every person is different. You know, if you happen to be partnered or if you're single or if you have children or don't have children, or if you, um, you know, depend upon, you know, what you want to do next. I knew that I wasn't leaving the firm to go to another firm. Um, I knew that I wanted to do something that untethered me more than maybe some other people would want. But I think just starting the journey by acknowledging, you know, doing the inner work to see where you are and what's working for you and what's not working for you. I love that. I, I couldn't agree more that 
that the very first step is really an internal investigation rather than an external problem solving. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's great. Well, Erika, where in the world can people find you? Um, yeah, so I'm at erikacole.com. So E-R-I-K-A Cole, C-O-L-E.com. And um, all the different things that I do are reflected there. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to chat with me, Erika. This is, I mean, as I predicted, much fun. <laughs> and um, and I really think it's it's helpful for people to hear the stories of people who are sort of, you know, not 10 years ahead of them in a process, but just a little bit. And I think, yeah, I think it just really highlights so many um, nuggets of wisdom in your journey for people. Well, thanks for having me, Megan. And thanks for all the great work that you do and um, the way that you help um, lawyers and so many others. So thank you. Thanks.